Hey everyone, and welcome to the House Conspiracy Podcast, a show about the house and on the house. Uh, I'm Jonathan O'Brien, and I'm the founding creative director at House Conspiracy. Today I'm talking to Tess Mahanishan, whose sculptural work has responded to the house in an intense and disruptive way. She's an artist who's really thought through everything she's done, even if she might claim she hasn't. Uh, She's so articulate on this podcast, actually, as she talks about decay, academic papers, and about her process and how it's growing, changing, and shifting over time. Anyway, regular housekeeping. Uh, Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, and visit us at houseconspiracy.org to learn more about our artists and how we can support you. But now, on to the show. Tess has worked everywhere within House Conspiracy. Her works, which are strange, part concrete sculptures that find themselves in gaps and crevasses within the domestic space of House Conspiracy, are meant to decay. That's the purpose. She calls them interventions because they're finite. They don't stay around forever. They have to, by necessity. In fact, in her contract with House Conspiracy, it says so. They have to leave the space by the end of Monday. She's worked in the yard, in the kitchen, and in her studio. Her works are in the bathroom, the windows, the breezeways, the kitchen doorway. They're everywhere. I say to Tess on this podcast, I love your work because it makes my life worse. And that's true. Tess's works do what good sculpture should. They force you to look at and evaluate space differently. And now, here's Tess Mahanishan. So the theme around the conference was folding mm-hmm. and um, so I was writing about destructive folding so like in my work it's kind of like an extended artist talk type thing um, talking about like folding materials and like the haptic nature of folding materials basically because um, that was kind of what I was looking at through my honours project um, and that's kind of continued on so um, that's what I was doing there. Yeah, cool. So did you just did you just write that paper? Did you write it like in the context of university or you just kinda go, I'm gonna I'm gonna write a paper? Uh, on this? <laughs> kind of both. So I knew the conferencing was happening because my um God, what's the word? Supervisor? Yes, that's it. <laughs> so my supervisor, he organizes it. Um so I went to the last one just as a to help out. Um and he wanted to use one of my uh, actually, have you seen at the front the big pile dirty, of yep. mess? Yep, yep. <laughs> the other pile of mess. So he, um, they were using that as like a cover image with the folded fabric. Um, so he said, he just kind of said to me, if you wanted to write a paper for it, it'd be a good idea. So yeah, I started writing a paper a couple of months back and um, yeah, submitted that. And I kind of, yeah, just did it. It was nice to get back into writing as well. I hadn't done any writing since honours. Mm-hmm. and that was something I'd kind of let slip, which I shouldn't have. So, so did you graduate honours last year? No, 2015. Okay, so you were so a couple I kinda, years back. Yeah, 2016, didn't end up doing too much art, kind of had a chill one, mm-hmm. and then getting back into it this year. So, What did you do when you weren't doing art? Um, what was I doing? <laughs> I worked a lot because I'd kind of cut back on work through honours, so mm-hmm. it was kind of playing catch-up with that, and then kind of making fun art. <laughs> Because yeah. I often don't think my art's very fun. <laughs> I see people's art and I'm like, oh, that would be so nice to make. I want to make stuff like that. They're just like watercolours and mm-hmm. 
still good stuff, but... Like simple, cathartic, like fun for you or yeah. fun for the audience? Fun for me, I yeah. guess. Not really stuff I'd present or like put mm. in an exhibition or anything. Just kind of like, yeah, chill, chills me out kind of stuff. I'm always doing something, but um, yeah. this stuff kind of, you have to really be in the zone, I guess, for it or like make yourself do it all the time. Mm. Well, yours, your work is quite painstaking, but I yeah. would say that in sort of its focus on disrupting space, it's fun for the audience. Oh, that's good to know. I think. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> do, you, do you think that's a fair... Do you think it's fun or do you think it's... I don't know. Do you think it's annoying? Like, because I... Both. It could be either depending on mm. what mood I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I just vaguely annoy you all the time. Like, you know, uh, if you don't come in here and kind of be like, mm, then it's not working. Maybe give a little bit of a context on what we're talking about. Yeah. So, um, this is actually the first time I've kind of um, worked within a house for an extended period of time and setting stuff up that is meant to kind of disrupt the space a little bit Mm -hmm. or get in people's way. Um, So I've been working on kind of, I don't know what to call them, like door blocks, kind of barricades across doorways, some that you can step over, some that you can't. Um, Same as little interventions on windowsills, um, just bits and pieces that kind of get in the way slightly uh, around the house. So kind of even playing around in the bathroom at the moment. Yes. Doing a bit of mess in the shower. So, um, yeah, this is the first time I've worked like this. I've, in, I've installed in domestic houses before, but that's only been for very short, like one night kind of periods or a short exhibition span where I covered like a bathroom toilet floor and dirt that you kind of just had to walk across in order to use the area as you should. Um, so this has been interesting to see kind of where it's going, I guess, kind of building on, okay, I've done this short blockade that you can step over. Now I want to do one that you can't. So it's kind of completely block off the door kind of, so I don't really know to an extent how much the audience responds to it or not, because... I've only had the audience of you guys in the house so far, so... And that's a question I sort of wanted to ask. I mean, first off, yeah, I want to note that, like, the waist-high sort of barricade that you can't step over was an emergent idea yeah. for you, and you did ask it. Would that be okay? Because it is it is a shared doorway. Mm. Um, but in terms of your work and how it disrupts space and how it sort of... I think you've used the word disrupts domestic like domesticity. Um, I think you use that in your application. Yeah, Maybe probably. I'm inventing it, but <laughs> I, I think, I think that's correct. And at least that's how I interpret it, especially when I have to step over a barricade to walk into the kitchen yeah. to get a cup of tea. And, you know, and I have had to do that for two weeks. <laughs> and, um, you know, my favorite thing about your art, as I've said to you, is that it makes my life worse. <laughs> um, but, and on, on sort of leading from that, that disruption, how much of the, your work is, in a way, process-based in terms of how it sits in a space. I know mm. you deal with decay, but also process-based in terms of the interactions yeah. of other people in the space. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that plays a big role. Um, it's kind of ongoing because I'm not 100% sure how important that is. So with previous work where I was just exhibiting in kind of a white gallery space, I was always interested in trying to get the audience to interact with the objects. Um, But that was really difficult because of the fact that the white box spaces have all these kind of inherent 
contra- like rules that you kind of people even when you tell them oh you can't touch the work they kind of hesitate they don't want to like like, oh it's not allowed kind of thing um so that completely changes in a house like this where especially when we've got other artists and you guys here going about your everyday like activities yeah you want to go and get a cup of tea you have to kind of interact with the work then and there um so that kind of has definitely developed throughout the stay here, I think. Um, and, yeah, a lot of these ideas are just from installing the space because installing, it's kind of the work doesn't exist until it's put up and you kind of see how it emerges from there because I don't think any of this, this is all these kind of door blockades and that uh, new things that I hadn't intended on doing. I knew I was kind of interested in blocking pathways or doing something with you know, interrupting just the everyday flow of things. But that beyond that, I didn't really have anything planned. So that's kind of emerged. And um, as they go up, I guess they continue to want to make them higher. They started at kind of knee height or even lower. There was like a little ankle kind of height mm-hmm. going up and up. And I'd like to make even bigger ones. but Time. Yeah, future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Later. Yeah, totally. Um, you used the word earlier, not answer there, but earlier you called you called your works interventions. Yeah. Um, interventions in in the the windows. What do you mean? What do you mean by the the word intervention? Why why that word? I don't know why I keep using that word. I should probably think about that more. Um. Hmm. It's. I guess it's something about interrupting the space, but also knowing that these a lot of these works are temporary in this house um that they'll be removed after this month period it's kind of I guess that word kind of for me represents something a bit more temporal like it's temporarily here it might get in your way for the moment but it's going to be gone after the fact or it kind of ties into that um thing that I am interested in decay and these objects that's kind of what my whole practice surrounds um looking at how they disintegrate and kind of go back down into nothing eventually so in the house when people interact with it you can see it kind of falls apart just a little bit just a little bit each time Mm. um I don't think that answered your question no 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 no. I think it does like the idea that that an intervention is is temporary yeah yeah and it's a temporary disruption the same way that yeah I mean, God, not to link it to macro politics, but, you know, we call a lot of, like, wars in the Middle East interventions, and it's yeah. the idea that we'll be out of there. And it's all going to, yeah, keep changing. And um, the house itself, I think, is one of the most interesting parts about working here is the fact that it's got so much history from the previous family that lived here throughout everything that's happened in West End and then now being an art-run space there's so much happening in it and this is just kind of a little fragment that I'm looking at at the moment and being a part of, so, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I guess, yeah, I guess in a way with the way we frame the residencies with, like, leaving a mark and yeah. everything, like, we're kind of facilitating little interventions yeah. in a way. I like that. Um, you spoke a bit there on decay and decay in your work and how, like, when you step over something, you kick it, or you might, you know, people might step on things, mm. and that's part of it. Why, why the fascination with decay? Because you're not the first artist 
we've had in here, um, Peter Kozak. I don't know yeah. if you know him, but yeah. yeah, he's a film artist who's sort of very interested in the same sort of thing. And I think it's really interesting to sort of tap in. So mm. what is it? What is it about Decay? What is it that leads you to it? Um, I guess it's something that's already in the work. Uh, it's really unavoidable um, just within the materiality of the work. Like they're going to fall apart anyway. There's no way I can kind of stop that from happening. So um, when I very first started working this way, that was kind of a big issue for me. And then I kind of just realised, well, hey, why does this need to be a problem? The fact that art doesn't have to be like conserved in a traditional mm-hmm. sense that it can just whittle away into nothing is probably more interesting to me than kind of trying to preserve something. Um, you said in your um, application the words conservation is futile. Did you mean that just in reference to art or do you have a <laughs> uh, I don't know if we're going to go into the biggest scope. <laughs> Definitely in terms of my practice uh, it is or I'm leaning into that. I'm not trying to fight that aspect of it I'm kind of going with the fact that it is going to fall apart and like okay then let's make that a focus or I want to try and make that part of the experience of the work if it's going to fall apart why not let people touch it and interact with it and push it on its way kind of thing yeah 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 I mean I guess you might as well have the the tactility yeah um have you found that do you prefer that to sort of the white wall context or do you just sort of accept them as different contexts in which different art exists best? Mm. Um, I think now you kind of, that whole thing about to, you've got to have the gallery to work outside of it. And now that I have worked outside of it more, I feel like that has opened the work up so much more to so many more different possibilities just for the fact of like people more, open to the interacting with the works or open to it's easier to kind of respond to a space with the work um, when it's not your traditional standard kind of blank white wall um, so what was the question I no actually I, I don't know don't worry about <laughs> losing your train of thought because I, I you said there has to be a gallery to work outside of it can you unpack that a little bit I think that's really interesting yeah um uh, something I only heard put that way kind of recently and it just made so much sense. Um, the fact that kind of uh, even I do rap kind of galleries for all these things that they don't allow audiences to do this or that or, you know, they're too kind of restrictive in a way but that opens you up to so many other possibilities when you're working in a different space like these houses or any artist-run spaces. Um yeah, it kind of completely changes the way you feel like you can work because especially coming out of that kind of um, standard context of the gallery. With all the kind constrictions of, and the restrictions. Yeah, once you're outside of that, you kind of think, oh, hey, oh, I've got to do all these different things because I can because it's so open and people are so open to it in this space, which is a really nice thing. Right, so it's, it's, it's by having the contrast there. Yeah, in a way, yeah. Yeah, it allows, it allows, or not even allows, but, like, encourages? Yeah. Just by default? Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Just, like, because in this house, it's like, oh, anything goes, it's all cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you sort of figure it out once you see that, you know, you guys are lucky, I think, in the way that you've come in to a later residency, because yeah. people at the start were very nervous mm. to mark on 
the house. And I think a, a big shifting point was in April's studio. There's those Drawing drawings the on the wall that are still there, which yeah. were left there by Rebecca Evans. Yeah. Um, and I think when people see those, they go, okay. Yeah. I can make a bit of a mess. Even so, after, like, I mean, I've made a lot of mess <laughs> while I've been here. But I keep thinking, oh, I'm going to have to take all this away. Like, I don't know what I want to leave in terms of, like, you don't want to invade on uh, the next residency round too much. You know, you don't want to get in their way sort of thing. Mm. And, that, and that's the thing, right? Like, once, once, especially once you're working in a, in a studio, I think there's this... I don't know. I actually, I'd be interested to ask you this. Like, does it feel like there's a tradition of respect just because you realize how useful it is to have a studio that you don't want to fuck it up? <laughs> I think so. I think when I first got here, it's kind of... It's funny because in the common area, there's a lot more of the art that's been left behind than in the individual studios. Mm. In the studios themselves, it's kind of nice. There's only like a tiny little pieces on the walls kind of hidden away. I guess it's everyone kind of being respectful and the fact that you're going to have someone come in there and be starting on the blank slate and give them the space to think and not have something like in their face of your work kind of being like, ah, yeah, invading their space. Because, yeah, it is such a valuable, valuable thing to have a studio space that most people, and I hadn't had one for a while. So it's kind of opened you up to so many things that you wouldn't get to do otherwise. And your work wouldn't go these kind of places otherwise. Like in this house, I don't think I would have come to these conclusions in another space. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, and that, that shows, right? By, you know, even by the, the, for instance, the dimensions of yeah. your work are influenced by, by the house. Yeah. Um, in terms of the materials you use to build, to build these blockades, the folded materials, as we sort of started talking about folding, um, what, uh, what, what is the material? Um, why this material? What are the origins, the etymology? I know you have sort of, there's a sort of a deep process mm-hmm. and reasoning and yeah. exploration in your works, your previous works, yeah. as to what these materials are. Yeah, so it's um, a pretty simple kind of come to a pretty refined material base. So the fabric itself is just a domestic um, cotton muslin, so it's a cooking muslin. Um, it's got a really uh, kind of fine it's very fine and it's kind of flimsy in itself as well you can kind of tear it apart it's there's Mm. not much to it um then they're coated in either or sometimes both cement so just that's a commercial um cement and then also clay and the clay is sourced from my parents property where i grew up in kitharaba Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all like I hand dig it up, crush it and mix it into the mixture. And that is really, really orange, that clay. So it's kind of directly representing that place. Um, so there's those two key components. And then more recently, I've started adding um, iron oxide, which gives the work, well, makes it completely black. So that's kind of linked directly to I've always been looking at uh, a connection to place and that's where these kind of key materials came from and it was all about connecting to place in a really direct way and having the materials there that someone can touch and that they can kind of in a way interact with the place through that act of handling the work so that's why handling the work has always been important um 
And so this introduction of using black is kind of looking more at a loss of place where um, this kind of family home, this property that I've always been attached to and felt a connection to and that I had felt kind of misplaced from for a while, um, it's going to be sold soon. So that has kind of brought about a new awareness of... um, like a complete loss of place or an impending loss of place. So that's kind of where the black has really initially came from and is kind of really taking a key role at the moment. Right. Okay. I was wondering about that because I haven't seen, I think, beyond, like I think black has shown up in your your white wall gallery, like traces too. Yeah. Um, I think I only started using black this year. Um, So I had... One show at the very beginning of the year where a few little works mm-hmm. were black, but that was the beginning of it. So yeah. this is kind of, um, especially in this house, it's kind of what I've been primarily focused on. Mm, because it's almost like a tombstone or a mm. void or a or a sort of a marker yeah. of loss. Is that sort of? Yeah, um, I think I feel like they are kind of. Yeah, there's something I'm not sure about them like, <laughs> but they are kind of defiant in a way. Mm. Um, but it's, yeah, it's kind of that mix of defiance and acceptance, I guess. Yeah, um, and I, I love the way, um, <laughs> it's so visual, but for context, uh, Tess has um, blocked up one of the doors that uh, is in the main room where we record the podcast, which means that you're probably going to get a little bit more audio bleed on this episode. Um <laughs> from the traffic outside but we're sort of staring at it and we're trying to work out what we think about it uh while doing an audio podcast which um you know work works to a degree but um I think I I actually find that really really engaging the idea that you're engaging with the same ideas and and the same the same place but the colors shift and it's Mm. almost like do you see and like maybe this is like too much of a leading question or whatever but like there, it instantly strikes me as there's like potential to just show a progression of the works. But then I realize, have all your old works, which were tied to the place, decayed mm. along with sort of the connection which decays as the place is sold? Um, they haven't completely decayed, but they're on their way, a lot of them. Um, out the very front of the house at the moment, I have some large works that are um, they're actually from the end of 2015, so I guess they're nearly two years old now. Um, They've been sitting outside in the weather in the paddock um, of the property. Mm -hmm. So they're completely kind of falling apart and really brittle. And uh, that I don't see that as an old work. I see that as an ongoing work because of the fact that each time I kind of revisit it or re-photograph it, or at the moment it's kind of been relocated to Brisbane, it changes and it, in that way it's kind of that work itself is an ongoing work or it's not necessarily an old work for me. Um, but the rest of them, I've forgotten the question again. <laughs> uh, looking, looking at how, how your works, how your works, um, wh- whether there could hypothetically be a retrospective showing the, the shifting uh, of yeah. your relationship with the works or whether they will have all decayed. Yeah. 
before you can, you know? Like, yeah. It's not like Picasso where you can, like, say, like, see, look, he used to be a bad drawer, now he's yeah. a good drawer, you know? You can... Yeah, I don't really know, I guess, because enough time hasn't passed for them to completely decay or anything just yet. So it'll be interesting if in a few years more, if, like, a few more years pass, if they have really kind of started to fall apart. And But um, in terms of showing previous works with these ones I feel like they kind of separated themselves uh the newer works especially Mm -hmm. the works from coming from this house I think they're doing something a little definitely a bit differently than past works have and yeah they've kind of segregated themselves off from the rest of the body at the moment I don't know if that's just because they're new to me or what or because that they're directly responding or made for the intention of this space rather than any gallery or any space. Um, But, yeah, to me these are quite different and um, looking at intervening in the domestic space is more of a new aspect to the work as well. So I think that's maybe how they kind of differentiate Yeah, how they sort of step away. Yeah. Yeah, um, leading leading on from that, I sort of want to ask a sort of more more general question that relates to your work, Um, but... Is also broader. Is there a, is there a tension as an artist, um, particularly as like quote unquote in terms of a career? Is there is there a tension in sort of having work that's designed to decay, and whatnot? Like like is is that is that hard, in terms of sort of showcasing constantly and sort of like building a portfolio, or do you find the documentation of your work to sort of be sufficient? Mm. I think lately that I've realised, um, especially working in these kind of places, that the documentation is going to be the work, maybe not right now, but eventually, or even in another space, these might not, they wouldn't set up the same as they do in this house. So um, photographs are kind of becoming a really integral part of the work itself now. Um, which is something I haven't really focused on in the past. Uh, that only came about because I was started to work more in a site-specific way. So I was taking these objects to the land as well and photographing them on the property, um, kind of in the context of the place that they were talking about, which they'd always, before then, they'd always remained quite separated from there. Yeah, I've seen those photographs. Did you take those photographs yourself? Yes. Yeah, okay. So... Um... You're very good at things. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't sure if it was a if it was a separate documentation no. or whether it was, yeah, your work. Yeah, my, my photography skills are a fluke. Basically, I take a thousand and maybe mm. get one. So that's right. I'm learning as I go. It's most photographers, I think. Yeah. Especially in the age of digital. Yeah. Where you don't have to sort of be as scrupulous. Um, actually quite digitally retarded but (laughs) (laughs) learning it's kind of like presented itself in the work as this is what you have to do somewhere okay and gotta learn so I'm getting there but yeah that's um definitely a very different aspect to the work that I've ever looked at before because I was always mostly been focused on um the haptic interaction with the work so looking at a digital importance is kind of the complete opposite for me and Mm. a really new avenue that's I'm still kind of working through and trying to figure out I guess do you find it to be a chore digital like do you enjoy it or do you do you engage with it 
like you said, sort of because you realize it's going to be the work in the future, do engage with it at a necessity? I think I'm engaging with it more now. Um, and after taking those photos on the land, um, realizing that it could be something quite interesting and it also brings in a separate audience that especially the photos on the land no one else could see those they were just Mm. on the family property so if I hadn't photographed them it's that whole thing if you know does it even exist if no one's seen it so yeah yeah at what point does art become art yeah there's no other way to do it so I guess I just have to and um I am enjoying it I don't enjoy the sifting through them at the end of the day but especially when you take a thousand yeah. each thing, right? yeah. <laughs> which I definitely do but um yeah it's a definitely it's a new it's a really new aspect to the work so that's quite exciting I guess mm, yeah a new dimensionality even yeah. if that dimensionality is two dimensions yeah <laughs> um yeah I know I'm I'm really really enjoying your work um you. within the context of the space um I know it feels like this conversation has been really quick, but I feel like we've covered an awful lot. Oh, cool. um, what, what, um, when you're dealing in such ephemeral work, I guess like rather than asking what's next and sort of ending, but sort of leading towards a landing point, um, what, what do you, how do you, how do you know what's, what's next when mm. everything you do vanishes? I don't know, the, um, the deinstall is looming in my mind, like, mm-hmm. oh, God, I'm going to have to do this and tie them up and get them down. And, you know, that kind of, I think, um, is distracted me from the end point at the moment. Yeah. Because the deinstall is in itself, I guess, still A part task. of the process. But um, I've realized through working in this house particularly that this is something really important that I think the work needs, um, working in kind of irregular spaces and responding to spaces in that way um, is something that I think needs to be the focus of future work because I think it pushes it somewhere much more interesting than it would if I was just trying to make work and put it in any old gallery for any old reason. So that's definitely what I'm going to try and look at coming out of this residency is responding more responding to spaces or kind of interacting with unique air like something that's a bit more special or something that I can kind of really dig my hands into and kind of get under hmm I'm well I'm glad it's been useful yeah it's been Um, incredibly useful uh do do you sort of like in in terms of having written that having written that paper Mm. um do you see that as sort of an integral Part was that something that just came up? Like, did you enjoy it? Are you are you going to continue to operate in a sort of semi-academic field, mm. or is art itself a semi-academic field? Blah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. I think that's one of those tricky things. You kind of can't exist without that writing side of it now. Yeah. Even just in terms of applying for things like this residency, I think I wrote my application for this in the midst of writing that, so it made it so much easier than if I'd just come off and tr- try to start writing out of nothing. Um, yeah, it was a good application for it oh, as well. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think they can, unfortunately, exist without one or the other. Um, I find writing a bit of a task, but mm. once you get into it, it's not so bad. And um, I'm not sure about... I would like to... I think I'd still like to go back to study 
maybe just masters at this point but um that's not quite yet I just still want to do a few more opportunities like this a few more residencies and kind of make my own way before I go back and think about anything more in terms of study is that is that to do with and this is sort of more a question about your personal ethos is that to do with before going in, into academia you want to know that you've got something to say something to write about you want to have a clear idea you want to have a purpose going in or is academia just sort of another logical necessary step as an artist in mm. sort of the modern day? I think it's a necessary step to an extent. Um, I'm not interested in academia like for itself. So basically if I'm writing, I, I'm, not one of, I'm not a person that can just pluck something out of the universe and think, oh yeah, I'm going to focus on that, I'm going to write on that. I can only write about my experiences and what I'm doing and what I know through working so all of my writing tends to be artists about my practice like extended artist talks I think kind of phrased it as um so I'm only interested in academia to that extent um I have a lot of admiration for people people that can pick a subject and write to hell about it but I'm not I just can't do that so um working now before I think about going back into any of that is important. I think it's important to have work that exists outside of any kind of study focus. Um, I think if you're only making work within the context of a university or a degree or a PhD or anything, um, you kind of need that experience outside of that as well mm. or to have the work exist on its own or beyond focus of I've got a looming PhD coming like I need to do something kind of thing yeah know. yeah that's a completely good answer I mean I think I think I think I agree and I think <clears throat> the interesting thing with writing is that I think writing's a task even mm. for writers yeah. <laughs> in in my experience I don't know um, how they do it but I don't know I don't know how we do it either um yeah. mostly we don't <laughs> that's the secret yeah <laughs> um yeah most writers find it incredibly difficult to mm. write it's really interesting when you talk to professional writers like they're like well i i sit and i think yeah pretty much and then one day i write 10 words yeah and then i go home and cry (laughs) (laughs) like art's the same most days you just kind of spend most of the days just staring at things yeah anyway yeah but it's part of the process right and it's you know it's yeah it's essential yeah there's no way you can do it quickly you just kind of gotta let it sink in and I'm a very slow worker, so. Mm. But you've 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 worked a lot. You've 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 produced a lot of work I in the like space. I think I have done quite a bit, and then I come here and I look at something new, and I'm like, oh, I want to do this, oh, I want to do that, but there's not enough time now. Yeah. But there's all those those like endless possibilities, but also because my work, I know it's quite a lengthy process. Um, I kind of prepared myself for that in Mm. a sense um before I came here I made up just kind of the fabric that I use a bunch of like long lengths of it just so it was kind of ready so I could cut out that chop the start of the process off I guess in a way um to kind of give myself the time and freedom here to be in the space and sort of yeah have things that you're working with rather than having to Start from the get-go. Kind yeah, of thing, so. yeah. I think that's. I think. Yeah, good work. Good <laughs> <planning>. <laughs> um, uh, so, 
Um, yeah, I'm excited to see what you do next, and I'm excited to see what kind of weird spaces you Thank can you. find. Yeah, hopefully. Um, to, yeah, I, I, I know it's like it's tough to find weird spaces, mm. and I don't like I don't know if there's. I mean, there's not another Queenslander no. like this that you can invade, which is probably good because you probably no. want to do something else. Yeah, um, interesting, but especially working in a Queenslander mm. in Queensland, I, think I don't super important. Yeah, I don't think there's an equivalent space. No, I think I there's, there might like be a couple not. in Toowoomba. Um, I think Toowoomba have recently opened like a slew of sort of artist spaces, but they might be more commercial yeah. galleries. And, you know, the disruption thing, obviously, like... Yeah, see, that's why this kind of place is so valuable, that there's no... There's never any pressure, I guess, even with having a showcase at the end of it to have a finished work or have... You guys have always been really supportive of the fact that, yeah, just do your thing. Like, if you get come on come up with something at the end, that's great. If not, mm. it's all part of the experience and you're learning from it anyway. So that's kind of takes the pressure off in a way. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, well, it's more about, and it's always, even coming into this, I knew it was more about being here and having this space to kind of play around with and install in just is the most important part. Yeah, it's, I mean, play is the most important part, but mm. I think one of the things I found really interesting is that, um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm still a little, <laughs> um, people really engage with process, like shown in the in the gallery context, like here, like people heavily engage with a wall covered in notes mm. or, or a wall that kind of, or a video that shows, well, it went from this to this to this. Yeah. I found that, I found that really, really interesting. Maybe people want to know how other people think. What I do you think reckon? they do. Um, definitely. I think, again, that's something that more traditional art spaces often restrict you from. You only get to see ever the finished product or sometimes there might be a few photos of, someone in their process but again with the talk I recently did I presented I was presenting my work so I talked a lot about my process and kind of showed a lot of images and the feedback I was getting was mostly I'm so like I'm so glad you showed your process it's so interesting like you kind of are always restricted from seeing that side of things so in spaces like this even just seeing the other artists from start to finish what they kind of come up with is always really interesting yeah and that's and that's that's part of the idea is mm. like we, we realized pretty early on that <clears throat> that uh, direct collaboration isn't going to happen because everyone has their own ambitions and everyone wants to you know you want to disrupt space and you know some people just really just want to paint <laughs> yeah. um, and that's fine but yeah the value is in watching how other people work and realizing how you're similar and how mm. you're, you're you're different yeah um, and yeah, I find that I find that interesting, and I think people find that interesting, and I think there's a model in that sort of thought for spaces. Yeah, for sure. Going ahead, maybe I don't know. I think it's a hard one to sell, but <clears throat> if we can collect, you know, data <laughs> um, and and prove it, um, yeah, I think it's really valuable because if you demystify yeah, sure. if you demystify artistic thought then you demystify the artistic language. And if you demystify the artistic language, more people can engage with yeah, galleries and Yeah, it's accessible for everyone. Right, and, and that's what you want. It's not a scary thing, which is mm. one of the hard things about art. People think, oh, okay, you tell someone you're an artist, like, oh, great, change the conversation. That's scary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know how right. to That's why we've that. got Marvel mm. at the at yeah, at the moment, you know, because not because people can't engage with good art or don't want good art, but it's because people aren't 
taught the language. Mm. And like, yeah, it's a very, I think most, a lot of the time it's a scary thing for people to go and see an exhibition that of some kind of artist that we would find really interesting and contemporary or whatever. Um, yeah, they're kind of taken aback and a bit because mm. they don't know how to digest it or they don't know how to experience it in a way that's kind of it's supposed to relate to everyone but in a way it kind of segregates people so right they don't know how to meet a work halfway yeah i think um but that's not like it's on them but it's not necessarily their fault that it's on no i think it's just education because art's Mm. not valued in our kind of education Mm. system at all it's kind of even going to uni it's a weird thing that isn't encouraged or anything to go to art schools and learn about it more like what we all did so yeah it's it's tough it's there aren't answers but <laughs> there's hopefully ways of making it better yeah and, and spaces like this do kind of cut that barrier down and like it's kind of you're meeting people in the middle kind of thing like I said um a space like this it's it's relatable for everyone I think that's what well it's a house. key things yeah like, like that's the key sort of house. it pins it down Everyone can kind of come here and feel like, oh, yeah, I know how to walk about this space. I'm not scared by it at all. Mm. It kind of brings you onto the same level as the artwork in a way um, and just makes it that much easier. Yeah. Well, how can people find you online once you're, once you're done with the residency? Mm. Um, live stream, documented, all of it up on the website. Fortunately, can't do the public showcase, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> how can people find you? Um, so I have a website. It's www.tessmahonishan.com mm-hmm. and then I also have just started inspired by this house conspiracy a Instagram account oh yeah that's how digitally redundant I am <laughs> no it's fine I now. don't have an Instagram it's they're terrifying uh, it's just Tess Mahonishan art um, is my little handle wonderful well great to talk to you and Thank I'm you. excited to see I'm excited to watch people interact with you yeah me too on Friday I'm intrigued um, I'm excited to see if anyone trips and then we get sued and our I 20 million know. public liability kicks in yeah. and everyone's fine because oh, you signed the contract. You're covered. It's good. fine. Um, I hope it all stays upright and <laughs> it might just crumble itself. And look, if it does, that's... I know. I'm going to bring my camera just in case. Yes. Yeah. Oh, have it on hand. Have it on hand. Um, and we'll have a photographer there as yeah. well um, who will be photographing and we'll tell him to sort of pay attention to how people play with this work. Um Great. Well, thank you very much for sitting down and having a chat. And uh, good luck in the future. Thank you. (laughs) The House Conspiracy podcast is produced at House Conspiracy by me, Jonathan O'Brien, and Tyler William Morrison. Mixing and editing by Tyler William Morrison. And music by the Reverend Isha Ramdas. If you'd like to support House Conspiracy, you can do so at houseconspiracy.org slash donate, and you can learn more about what we offer here at houseconspiracy.org. Thanks for listening.